Welcome, and thank you all for joining us for this episode of the Matthews Podcast, a podcast highlighting commercial real estate news, topics, and trends from top professionals in the industry. I'm your host, Matt Wallace. been in commercial real estate for 10 years now, executing over a billion dollars in transactions across all asset classes and across the country. I now serve as market leader at Matthews, sharing my skills in supporting the development and expansion of Matthews into new markets. Today, we are joined by Robert Anderson. Robert serves as Vice President of Auction Services for Matthews and brings almost 20 years of experience in the commercial real estate space. Leading the auction services line, Robert collaborates with Matthews agents and clients to identify auction opportunities within our active inventory and client roster. Regarded as one of the industry's top auction experts, Robert has actively been involved in over $5 billion in total asset sales. In this episode, we discuss the benefits of auction services in the current market and how to utilize auction platforms to get the best deal for your clients. So please welcome to the podcast, Robert Anderson. Well, thanks, Matt. I'm excited to be here and, and looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, let's let's dive right in. You know, first, how did you get into commercial real estate in the first place? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, if you know my background, being from Southern California, going to USC, it's probably no surprise that that I got into it. But you know, my dad was a broker for 25 years, you know, doing, you know, leasing sales, office, industrial. And so it was always kind of in my DNA. And then, you know, growing up out, out West in Southern California, you know, majority of my, my parents and family's friends and, and friends, fathers and, and mothers were in the real estate industry, whether it was ownership, you know, finance or, you know, property management brokerage. So kind of just, you know, was what was around here and, you know, always had an interest into me because, you know, it took a, you know, a blend of math and sales, you know, just really made be successful in it. What was your first product type? Where, what did you, where did you truly cut your teeth? Yeah. I mean, that's interesting story. I think I, you know, I originally thought I was going to be on the finance side. You know, I started out of college and graduated college in 2005. You know, my first job was with a commercial lender that did a, the lending and servicing for life insurance companies. So, you know, the goal was to get in there, be an analyst, learn how to underwrite deals, you know, then move on to, you know, either, you know, finance originator or onto the principal side. And so it was, you know, underwriting deals, but it got pretty sleepy very quickly based on the timing I would have jumped in there. Well, the investment sales world's a little bit spicier. So how, how did you cross over into investment sales and, and where were you positioned when auctions became the, or started to become the, the behemoth that they are. When I was positioned nowhere near auctions when I, I, I actually got into it. it. It's, you know, I guess it goes back to finance. So, you know, obviously 2006, 2007, eight, you know, great financial crisis comes along, credit markets freeze, you know, as an analyst, I'm only as busy as those individuals I work with. And although, you know, the top producers were still producing, there wasn't the, you know, surplus of volume to underwrite deals. So, you know, had to, to learn to pivot and moved into the fundraising side of things where I was fundraising for, you know, 1031 products, which now people might be familiar with DST products. It's the newer evolution of it. And then non-traded REITs as well. Ultimately ending up in North Carolina where I was raising money at about $4,000 know, increments. And being across country, somewhere I didn't know, I kind of thought, you know, enough's enough. It's 2010-11. You know, the CMBS market's going to come rolling back at some point. And, you know, I want to be in the early stages of that. So I started, you know, talking to the banks, you know, as they were getting ramped up and, you know, I guess it goes to show just networks are 
you know, very powerful. I ran into a friend while I was out in some interviews in New York who was starting for a company, was working for a company called auction.com and they had just facilitated about a $750 billion auction with a large special servicer in Las Vegas in the fall of 2011. He was trying to explain to me like, Hey man, this is going to be so cool. You know, he's showing his iPad and trying to bid. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, man, auctions and real estate, not really, not really the, a, a hot product, but you know, it was intriguing because it put a blend of technology, innovation, as well as, you know, there was a surplus of dist- distressed real estate about ready to be unlocked. And, you know, I, the auctions were well positioned to take advantage of that. Very rarely do we see, you know, really massive disruptors to the, the status quo. And it seems like, you know, being in that position 10 years ago, you were really at the forefront of it. So, you know, how, how have you seen the auction service line and really the the evolution of the industry specific to auctions since the auction.com days? Yeah, no, so it's evolved a couple, right? In the early days, you know, LoopNet, you know, we think back now that LoopNet and even Acrexi are, you know, just part of the game. You know, in 2011, 12, you know, selling online was still new to a lot of people. And whether it was being a deal on auction or just getting it up on LoopNet, it wasn't, you know, embedded into the, the sales process. So early on, not only were we educating the banks and, you know, different sellers that, you know, we need to auction this real estate because it's going to create a competitive bidding environment. You're going to have a seamless transaction from a, you know, execution standpoint. But it's started with the broadening the distribution, right? Getting more eyes on on your asset. And that started with getting online. So it was a two-pronged approach there. You know, so that was the early days. And then, you know, we moved into trying to get brokers comfortable with bringing deals online. And, you know, I think if you look at where we are today and just, you know, me over here at Matthews, we've now got Matthews and other brokerage companies that have auction-specific teams and disciplines for this. And I think that shows firsthand just the evolution that a community or brokers that were hesitant 10 years ago. Now it's, you know, they're looking at how can we capitalize and be prepared to offer a, a service line that is here to stay. Yeah. I mean, when obviously auctions have always been around, right? It's really bringing them online and opening them up to the wider audience, right? When I think auction, I think a sheriff's sale and, you know, some bottom feeders that are local getting it for pennies on the dollar, you know, and it, it seems that that was where the online started, but where have, where has that gone now? Like, is it is it purely for distressed assets? No, yeah, I mean, I think it, it, the auction's always going to be distressed in real estate, but it's sometimes you know someone's distress could be in someone else's treasure, and you know I think if you look at the distress side of things, you know a lot of the distress, and especially today, if you look at all the media, all these notes that are potentially coming new, the assets themselves, and especially in the multifamily space, they may not be distressed, but the way that they were acquired or the lending that it was put on them essentially is now making them distressed. And what I mean by that is they might have underwritten too aggressive rent growth. And it's not that like occupancies dried up, the occupancy stayed consistent, but the rents have maybe only increased 2% as opposed to six and, or the interest rates jump so high. So real estate's unique that it distresses is, is how everyone looks at it differently. So you've got that portion of it, but then you also have a portion of a number of institutional sellers. And I've seen the majority of the top institutions in the country country at one point or another buy or sell online or represent uh, and be an equity partner of someone buying or participating. 
because they're finding it as avenues to get access to deals that they might not have in if they're trying to enter new markets. Or two, you know, it's a very efficient way to trim the hedges, right? You can buy a portfolio and absorb a deal or two that might not fit into your core business line, or you might be pivoting from a, a certain kind of strategy and need to get that one last asset off. And the auction provides an avenue to do that. What it's showing, you know, I think that the fact that there's been almost $40 billion in transactions online in the last decade plus, that there is a demand for it and it, it is successful, right? It, they, if it wasn't able to get market or close to or perceived market pricing, it wouldn't be successful and it wouldn't be growing at the rate it has. My bet is if you look back and you obviously transaction volumes as a whole, they're down significantly. But if you look at 2023 and look at the transaction volumes up in, on auction, you know, online auction sales, you're probably going to be up 30 to 40%. That's that's wild to think about. And and that that is an excellent point on distress, whether, you know, the difference between fundamental distress and maybe financial distress. And given how overheated the market has been for the last couple of years, we're certainly going to see who's been swimming without their clothes here as we continue to fight through this recession here. All right. So diving into maybe the specifics of the auction product, what are the, what are the biggest benefits for buyers and sellers using auction services? Yeah, great question. So we'll start with the, what the benefits the buyers are. You know, I think I touched on one of it is allowing the opportunity for a buyer to enter new markets, enter pro new product types in a competitive way. Meaning, you know, you probably have a lot of regional or in today's market, right? I think Matt, you remember in the financial crisis, you probably had a bunch of friends that ended up started their own shops, right? Yep. So yep. in the traditional sense before kind of auctions, it'd be hard for someone who only had focused on, you know, assets in say Orange County, California, you know, one product type to really get in there and expand into Phoenix and be taken with credibility and seriousness because they didn't have any experience there. What the auction provides is, you know, your capital is good as, as, as anyone is the capital next to you. So if you can prove that you can close and register to bid, you know, you have a fair shot at that asset as well as the auction actually makes it a very fair process. And what I mean by that is you've got the ability to compete with the largest group. You can compete with Blackstone, fair and square in an auction. And there's no steering or, you know, direction that can be given or favoritism to a specific buyer. You know, real life example was the early days of auction.com. You know, there was this story that was always going around from that first sale in Las, Ve in Las Vegas that there was a larger asset and the winning bidder had to, it will appear to be some random person. That random person showed almost $40 million cash because they, you know, provided all the linen to the majority of the hotels. This is what the rumor was going around. And that, and that, and that, and that individual beat out Goldman Sachs. And I think it was Goldman Sachs. It could be another one, but let's just say Goldman or someone like that like one of their peers, okay. you know, they pick, picked up the phone afterwards and called the broker said, Hey, I I'll pay what that guy paid. And without the auction, that probably could happen. Right. But you know, the way the auction was is set up is that everyone has a fair shot. And so that provided this you know, individual an opportunity to buy an asset they wanted to and could afford. So it's the great equalizer. This is the, the true democratization of real estate. Not yeah. just not just for the biggest guys anymore. Now this is you know you're the the voice of the little guy. 
Yeah, I think we used the word democratization a lot in the early days of how we were, you know, trying to give everyone a fair shot on that that front. That's great. So, but obviously, you know, in this environment, transactions volume is down, the auction market continues to grow, but you know, on the traditional side, we're still seeing a very wide gap in, you know, pricing seller expectations and and buyer expectations based on how quickly rates have moved. Are, are we seeing that same type of gap and trouble in the auction business? Yes. You know, I mean, it's not like the auctions are sheltered from from that gap. The difference is, I think, through the process, it being so transparent. And what I mean by that is, you know, where bidders are coming in at, you know, you're essentially allowing the sellers more opportunity to come down and accept that number. And it's a lot different, right? You got to look at how things are presented. You know, traditionally, you've got a deal listed and you go to a seller and say, hey, here's an offer. They say it's all cash, but they want 30 days. They're not going to go, you know, waive contingencies for say 30. You know, it's a longer process and it's sent through an LOI. They still have to negotiate a purchase agreement. It's a lot different in the auction, right? In the auction, you're saying here is some, an individual who's been vetted, who's shown proof of funds, who's agreed to the terms. And what I mean by the terms are, in terms of very board, is that you're agreeing to go sign a contract that afternoon, go hard 10% in 24 hours and close escrow 30 days later. No ifs, ands, or buts. And that purchase agreement has already been loaded and available for access. All their due diligence is done up front. So it's a lot different when you're asking someone to take a lower number when it's, you know, sitting there like a you know Christmas present under the tree, ready for them to unwrap, versus, you know, I still gotta go to Target, I gotta go buy the present, I gotta go wrap it, and then I gotta hide it for, for a month until my kids go to sleep the night before Christmas. <laughs> Great analogy. <laughs> So, but, yeah, I mean, I think so, so you're do, still seeing it, but it's just allowing, it's a, just a different manner of, of presenting it. And it's allowing the sellers to come to the realization that this is our best shot. And I think right now what you're seeing is more sellers coming to the understanding. And I think they have this understanding traditionally that things might not be jumping back, you know, quickly. Right. And so it might be, you know, their best opportunity to take what's in hand today. Yeah. Surety and, and speed of execution always crucial and auctions solve for those uh, very well. So how, how do you as a broker, you know, advising your clients decide whether a property is a good candidate to go to the auction platform? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think I like to say every asset type is a good candidate. It all depends on like the circumstances and, and kind of the, the, the pricing expectations. And what I mean by that is, you know, first and foremost is, you know, can there be demand for the project product? Auctions work best when you've got a very, you know, robust buyer pool so that they can competitively beat up. You know, just think about a, you know, your high school charity auction, right? You want to have as many people interested in the project product as property, you know, like that wine trip to Napa. So they're all competing at a low number. But if it's, you know, something that's way outside everyone's price range and, you know, you're really only one person, it's not as fun to watch and it's not as entertaining for those on the sidelines and it's not an engaging. So, you know, the online auctions are the same way. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that indivi individuals listening to this that participate in eBay definitely have seen themselves get drawn in at times yeah. based on bidding. And so it's really just understanding the asset itself, the motivation of the seller. So what's really been different from me being moving over on the brokerage sites to Matthews from what I would was doing historically on the auction front is I'm on, a, you know, I'm on the team, meaning 
you know, when I was calling in from, you know, you named the uh, platform, you know, Jersey I was wearing, I was still working for the platform, working with the broker and then their client right here. You know, I'm working with Matthew's agents and our client. And so, you know, we're on this together and our, our, our job is to basically provide the best avenue for execution for our client. And it may not be auction, but we can talk about it. And that's the thing that I think I'd, I'd like to, you know, get across the most to the agent is, you know, it's always worth a conversation. And I'm going to be the first one to tell you that it's not a good fit because, you know, there's going to be times that it is, and we're, we don't, we're, we're here to use it as a tool in the disposition process, not as a, you know, not as a must. So how do you, how do you find that nuance to get, you know, when we're pricing a deal to get the most eyes on it so that we can create that excitement so we can get everyone involved and, you know, what's the secret sauce? Yeah. I mean, so one is monitoring the three auction platforms. So because I've run, you know, over a thousand auction day calls, and for those who don't, you know, aren't familiar with auction, you know, there, it becomes an online auctioneer that essentially is, you know, running the buyer, the seller, the brokers all together to kind of help bidding strategy. Right. So I had sit in a unique position where I can watch bidding from the outside and I can understand what deals are robust with activity, not and kind of where they might be falling short on pricing. So in turn, what that provides me is the opportunity to understand what asset types or, or price points are doing well on specific platforms and help, you know, guide our clients from that side. Secondly, what we're tracking internally that I don't believe anyone else is doing is we are actually monitoring every auction deal that we are running, regardless of the platform, and we're continuing to analyze the data. And the reason is, is, you know, we've always said that, you know, on the auction fund, it's always been best that the brokers bring two, the platform bring three to four. And what I mean by that, brokers bring two of their buyers, the platforms bring three to four buyers, let them all compete on that level of playing field that we talked about earlier. And those are the best results. And we're showing in the data that, you know, by utilizing Matthews, you are, you know, actually exercising an untapped buyer pool within the auction space. So what do I mean by that is we are continuing to trend that less than one and a half percent of the unique leads that access the, you know, auction, whether it's on 10X, Rexy, Real Insight, our third party, you know, services or Matthews. Less than there's less than one and a half percent crossover. So if Matthews is bringing forty percent of those leads, and in some cases seventy percent, if we're using our third-party marketing avenues, and you're adding less than one percent, you know it's showing right there that the auction is adding value by bringing eyes that weren't weren't there before. And that's what you know we're actually using to help guide and direction when opportunities arise. So you you've got the most access to the most information and that's what the clients need to make the best business decision. That's what it sounds like to me. You got the inside track on the info. Correct. Yeah. I mean, if you fast forward, you know, six, 12 months, what we want to be able to tell you is that platform A is very good at retail in the Southeast between two and 5 million, but platform C is good at retail in the Midwest. And we, you know, we'll essentially be able to, you know, have the data to support that as well as, you know, tapping into different buyer pools. Right. So, Right now, it's one and a half percent crossover. But if we continue to forge on the path that we are forging, that crossover should and will, you know, in, improve or increase. Right, as we're converting more of our buyer database into the auction sphere. But 
what we're also seeing is that each platform is different. And that's was always a bar off thesis I had, but until I came here and had the opportunity to, to understand it, you know, it is pretty wild that 10X, Crexy and Real Insight do not have a significantly overlapping buyer database. And by significantly overlapping, I'm talking like less than 5%. That's crazy. That doesn't like, I feel if you were uh, an investor and utilizing auction platforms, you'd be across all of them. Like what, what's the major differences that you think would influence that decision across the platform? Yeah, it's it's early on. I don't want to give too much. I think because two, I think two things go into it. One, a lot of brokers seem to gravitate to one platform and stick to that one platform, right? So just like I said, that our overlap as we in, keep forging away should increase. But what our goal here is to have access to each platform at all times, so that we can continue to figure out which platform is the best for specific assets. Mm. Two, you know. I think they all approach differently, right? If you look at 10X, it is, they're set in auction and only auction. Crexy is a listing and it's all under one umbrella. So they, they essentially might be doing more trying to convert traditional buyers into auction buyers. And then two, the brokers, right? One of the reasons I came to Matthews is the top-down buy-in that there is a different discipline and a way to approach auction disposition. And what I mean by that is there you still got to do the work and you still got to pick up the phone. You still got to access your database and send the emails out. It's just, you got to do it to, to move towards the auction as if you're a buy-in. So, you know, we've done little things to change from our website to our marketing to help drive a buyer experience so that they can go to the auction site seamlessly and they're not confused. And I just don't think brokers and the majority of brokers are not accessing their database when they get a part and sign to an auction. And, the reason behind that, and I'm to blame for this too, and a lot of my old colleagues, is seven years ago when we were trying to re recruit private clients, the pitch was, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Broker, we are happy to take your deal on. If we approve your reserve, we'll do all the work, right? And it's kind of, I think, been ingrained yeah. in a lot of guns, but there, there's a handful of brokers out there. There's like 40 probably that have taken auction seriously and it built a very successful business around it because they have recognized that the majority of their peers are not. Yeah, I mean, it's when I look at the the possibility for the growth of auction in taking more and more share of investment sales, I mean, it, it's mind-boggling. The opportunity is is insane, and it's one of the it's one of the biggest opportunities out there for both sellers of real buyers, sellers of real estate, as, as well as uh, brokers in the field. So if, if we transition a, a little bit over to that, do you have any advice for people as they start to dip their toe into the auction field, whether it's a buyer, seller, or, or broker looking to get into the business? Yeah. I mean, I think first and foremost, it's like, don't approach it much differently than you would approach your other things. It's all goes back to the fundamentals of doing the work. You're not, it's not going to be a shortcut to anything from a brokerage listing side. It is just as much work, probably a little more work than you would do on a traditional listing because of the condensed time period. But you you can't think that signing up with more technology and a wider marketing net is going to make your job easier. What it's going to do is going to make it harder because you're going to, have to be still be proactive and make the phone calls. You're just going to have more people to call. From a buyer standpoint, they should be using auctions to access deals at a greater rate, in my opinion. There's been a number of instances where I've been on those auction day calls where I've seen sellers take numbers that 40 days earlier you would have never thought was going to happen in the wildest dreams. And what it, from a buyer's position, what that means is that it doesn't do you any harm to get in there and bid your number 
because you never know exactly where that seller's head's at on that day when you're putting an all cash offer, closing 30 days, no contingencies in front of them. It's different than put throwing in a low ball LOI offer. It is just no, no comparison. And so if you're well capitalized, looking to, to, you know, efficiently pick up deals or enter new markets, they should be looking to auctions first because there's no cost to participate. And if you don't win, you don't win, right? You're the only one choosing what you're going to pay. No one's going to push you to a number. It's only you. It's you and it's you and your number. I love it. I love it. And yeah, I, I just, the, where I see auction going, you know, as in the market as a whole and, and within Matthews and just incredibly excited for the next, you know, five and 10 years and where it takes us. So Robert, thank you for joining us today. This has been incredibly insightful. Very much appreciate you taking the time to help educate us on the auction platform. And for all of those listening, thank you for joining in and take care and be sure to, to tune in next time. Thank you. Thanks, Matt.